Okay, I know my my voice sounds a bit weak, but I'm so glad to be back here on the program. I'll explain in just a moment. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome to the Thursday edition of Truth to Ponder. And I'm your host, Bob Bierman. Now, my voice. You're wondering, what happened to your voice, Bob? Let me me kind of explain, give you some updates, and, and not to worry had my surgery this past Friday. And of course, when they have you under for several hours, they they have a tracheal tube down, you know, a breathing tube. And it happened before where I had some irritation because of the tube, but it gets better. Believe it or not, as bad as I sound today, you should have heard me two or three days ago. It takes about a week and a half for the voice to really come back. And I, I need to take it a little bit easy, so I'm going to try to talk softly today on the program, which for me it is not easy to do. And I'm going to update you as best as I know as of today. And there's still some more information which I'm waiting to get regarding you know the surgery and the pathology and everything else. Now, the surgery went well. We got there. Um, we, we actually drove over a week ago today, Thursday, and went to the hospital the next morning. And I was in surgery pretty much on time. And about five hours later, we were on our way home. And it took me a day or two just to, you know, kind of, you know, calm down and, and uh, you know, begin to recoup. I was tired, and and you know this is the third surgery I've had since November, and I don't care what anybody says when you have anesthesia and you are you know anesthetized for a for a period of time. It, it takes a little bit of getting getting over. I feel so much better overall than I have in many many months. I know there's still a time of healing and a time of strengthening still yet ahead. There had been so much bleeding that occurred from this cancer that I had in my urine that my my blood numbers were, well, pathetic. They were awful. I was literally extremely anemic, which explains how I've been feeling, my tiredness, um, sometimes even difficulty in doing this radio program. Those numbers are gradually improving. I know it's going to take weeks, if not a couple of months, to to even get those back to a, a normal level again. And so I appreciate all of your prayers. Like I say, my voice is very weak today. And we're going to try to get through today and again tomorrow. And maybe by Monday, things will begin to settle down. Now, you're asking, what is the prognosis right now it looks extremely encouraging and and I hope to find out more by tomorrow's program or by Monday at the latest to give you an update and if things are as we believe they are I'll be around for a while there's a lot of things that God has laid in my heart and a lot of work yet to be done so a huge Thank you 
for all of your prayers to date for me as I've gone through this ordeal. But I'm excited. I am very excited about the future in spite of, like I say, this voice will get better. And in time, I'll be able to to come to this microphone and, and I should be able to get through a program without too much, uh, too many problems. So just keep me in prayer today as I try to share a few stories. Want to share a couple of stories in this first segment and then something very important on my heart that I want to announce. And so let me go through a couple of these news stories that I have just to kind of show you that we have been somewhat ahead of the curve on this program since we started almost two and a half years ago. We started this program during the height of the 2020 pandemic prior to the election here in the United States. We began in the summer of 2020 as it became obvious so much of what we were being told by our governments, by so-called health officials and so-called experts, much of it was not true. In fact, a substantial part of what we have been told we have now we now know is a lie. And the worst part, it wasn't that they misunderstood. It wasn't that they got it wrong. They knew they were wrong when they were telling us what they told us. One of the people since President Biden took over, who I find extremely troubling, is the leader of the CDC, the Center for Disease Control in Atlanta. And I can remember like 45 years ago as a young reporter working in Atlanta for a radio station, I would cover stories at the CDC. And back then, the CDC, well, it had respect. For me today, it has zero respect, zero credibility. And I don't trust anything coming out of the CDC any longer. I think we need to do one of two things. We need to fire the entire staff, upper management, and all those that are political in that institution, or just get rid of it. Hate to be that blunt, but it's got to go. And the leader they have now is nothing but a liar, a proven liar over and over and over again. When she told us back in 2020, if you take the vaccine, you will not get COVID, you will not spread it. She knew when she said it, there was no proof and it was a lie. But she held to that and only gradually has pivoted away. But they still hold on to the same phony science and the same garbage that they've been pushing for months, if not years now, two years. She was in a, in a hearing before the United States Congress. And Representative Kathy McMorris Rogers asked her a few questions about the, the, the school mask mandates. And, and you have to understand, she asked that because recently there was a, the uh, Cochrane Review, which is a review of medical journals, came out and pretty much said what we've been saying for the longest time, 
that these silly face masks do not do any good. They don't stop the transmission of a virus. In fact, there are many studies now coming out that show that they can make things worse, not better. But the CDC refuses to give up their narrative. They still want to see kids in a mask. They still believe in things that are simply been proven not true. Remember, this is the same agency that made a big deal about monkeypox. But they're saying nothing about what's going on in East Palestine, Ohio, with the train wreck and the absolute ecological and health disaster that is occurring right before our very eyes. We're busy shooting down balloons and ignoring ignoring an environmental and health disaster that that's going to be like America's little Chernobyl. But nobody wants to talk about that. But I want you to listen to how Rochelle Walensky will not let go of a narrative as she is asked a question by Representative Kathy McMorris-Rogers of Washington State. In fact, the CDC is currently the only national or international public health agency that recommends masking two-year-old children. I'd like you to explain in detail the process and the timeline by which evidence such as this is used by the CDC to update, modify, or necessary withdraw current guidance. Great. Thank you for the opportunity to clarify on those points. So I believe you're referring to the Cochrane Review study. This is an important study, but the Cochrane Review only includes randomized clinical trials. And as you can imagine, many of the randomized clinical trials that were included in that were for other respiratory viruses, not COVID-19. Some of them were for COVID-19, just to be clear. But it is very different for COVID-19 because you have a a a virus that, different from flu, potentially different from SARS or MERS, transmits before you actually have symptoms. It's also the case case that the, one of the limitations in that study was clearly stated that um, people were not actually engaged in the intervention. So you actually have to wear the mask okay. for it to work. Okay. So there Dr. are Walensky? lots of studies now in Georgia. Dr. Walensky, why are we masking our kids today? You know, thank you. Also, so our guidance um, for school-based masking is related to our COVID-19 community levels. And fortunately, we're in a place now in this country where most of our country is in green or yellow, um, has uh, lower um, low or moderate transmission or COVID-19 community levels. And in those situations, we actually don't recommend masking. We recommend it for high COVID-19 community so, levels. So what is your timeline for updating, reevaluating these guide guidance? You know, our masking guidance doesn't really change um, with time. What it changes with is disease. So when there's a lot of disease in a community, we recommend that those communities and those schools mask. When there's less disease in the community, we recommend that those masks can come off. So, okay, so... It's just going to continue. That's right. It's just going to continue. And they're going to continue to lie to you and give you phony science. You know, this this organization is ignoring what's going on in Ohio. They made a big deal about monkeypox that only affects a tiny minority of homosexual men. But this was going to be a national emergency. The CDC's priorities are completely askew. They're totally wrong. And their director, Rochelle Walensky, needs to be immediately fired. And her medical license needs to be, well, ripped up, thoroughly destroyed. 
She has no business in the job that she has. And and their policies have all been political. Their, their, their only science they follow with the CDC is not medical. It is political science. Political science. You know, just to give you an idea of how they work. We've all heard that the so-called COVID-19 emergency comes to an end on May the 11th. So what did the CDC quietly do in the last several days? They have now made these the vaccine, these experimental vaccines, they added those to the routine childhood vaccination schedule. They did that last week. Now, guess what that means? Besides the fact that we're now recommending these worthless for children vaccines to be given to children that do vastly more harm than good, it also protects the manufacturers like Moderna and Pfizer. You can't sue them. They are given total shielding. These vaccines can injure you, they can kill you, and now that they put them on that list, see, they had to do that now, so when the pandemic officially is over, you can't sue the manufacturer. These, these, how do I put this politely? These people are satanic. They are genocidal. And they don't care what it does to your kids. It's all about the money. You know, there is so much we've talked about with this pandemic. And these clowns have no legitimacy any longer. They are collapsing our country. And the mainstream media is hiding it. Oh, these... We've always had kids with heart attacks. That's why we need defibrillators in elementary schools. No, we haven't. They're trying to get you used to a new normal, which is not normal. Another story came out of California. A teacher in a public school who happens to be Christian. And you're seeing this in Canada and the UK and and everywhere. The transgender movement. These school districts in California are telling these teachers that if you have like a, you know, a second grader that that decides I want to be a girl, a little boy named Johnny wants to be Jennifer, you cannot tell the parents, but you have to help that child toward that transition. And this school teacher finally had to quit. I mean, it's all hypothetical. But it shows these teachers don't want, many do not want to participate. And so this teacher, tenured by the way too, had made posts on social media about gender ideology in the past. And now, of course, that's unsafe conduct. You're a terrorist. We have to fire you. And you know, it's only going to get worse. It's only going to get worse. So you have public school teachers being told to help children in this fairy tale of gender ideology and don't tell the parents. Then you've got somebody else out there. There are are actual 
individuals that believe that straight men must date trans women. In other words, men that believe they're women. And these activists believe you have to do that so we can combat hate. Now, let me make sure you understood what I just said. There are trans activists that believe that straight men must be willing to date trans women, and this will combat hate. The trans movement, to me, comes from the pits of hell. It's satanic. It is not dysphoria. It's not just a mental illness. It is now a satanic religion in and of itself. And even within the, you know, the gay community, where we're supposed to be accepting same-sex marriage, and, and we always hear this word, it's all about hate and supremacy. And, you know, you've heard all the terms before. It is all absolute nonsense. Let me explain to you something. Truth is love. Telling somebody the truth is love. If somebody is doing something destructive and you don't tell them the truth, you're not loving that person. You are condemning that person. You are entrapping that person in whatever the behavior is that is self-destructive. I am so sick of these woke, broke, theologically destroyed churches, apostate, anti-Christian churches. You know, Jesus is all about love. So we love everybody. We even love your sin. Jesus would love your sin. No, he wouldn't. He, he would meet people and what did he tell them? Go and sin no more. The church today is dying and rotting from within. It is increasingly becoming a dead entity. The church is collapsing right before our very eyes. Let me tell you something. I'm going to I'm going to keep speaking out against these issues, but they're not going to drive me any longer. The most important thing I can do in my ministry going forward, and as God strengthens my voice again, it is to share the good news of Jesus Christ. And to be truthful with you, to warn you that I'm going to say something, and I've been debating saying this for weeks, actually for a couple of months now. The left likes to use the term safe places. We need safe places. Well, let me tell you something. The church should be a safe place for Christians, but it isn't. I believe in my heart the majority of churches today in the United States have gone apostate. They have compromised the gospel, their theology. They've compromised it to the point of destroying it. The book of Revelation talks about lampstand. 
one of the churches had its lampstand removed. Why? Because they abandoned the truth of the faith. All they were taught they have walked away from and reinvented it for their own pleasure. That is happening all over the world and increasingly in the United States. And then among so-called conservative Christians, they're busy in a circular firing squad fighting with each other over every little thing to the point that they're not doing their first job. I know church bodies, and I've been in them. They're so busy arguing among themselves internally and with others of similar theology, they spend 90% of their time arguing with each other and worrying about their, their constitutions and their church rules and what have you. They have lost sight of the primary mission. And the primary mission is sharing the good news, not arguing theology not arguing church polity and policy. Those should be settled matters. But Satan stirs the pot, and the church loses sight of its most important function and becomes worthless. I have talked about a thing called the church project. I'm not going to have a whole lot of time to talk about it today. But effective today, if you go to the website truththenumber2ponder.com, truththenumber2ponder.com, there is a new tab on the website called Church Project. Church Project. It's still a bit of a work in progress, so if you find a few mistakes, you know, understand it'll, it'll get fixed. But I don't want to waste a whole lot of time and wait too much longer to introduce what I have in my mind, what God is laying on my heart. Close friend of mine, clergyman out west, is putting together a studio himself to do to do Bible teaching. Real honest to goodness Bible teaching. And he's looking at cameras, he's looking at everything it takes to stream it to have it in both video and audio form. I'm looking at what it's going to take with this church project to do something similar. And and God is putting people in my pathway. We are going to work together to have both audio and video resources. And yes, I am looking for the day to have a church service, both live and then, you know, a, a replay on shortwave and maybe even other radio. There are many places that I've been that you're not going to find a faithful church. And you may may you, you want to be part of a fellowship. Now, next weekend, real quick, my wife and I have been invited to a a pastor's conference out of town. I'll tell you more about it later next week. I'm not going to get into it now. But God is opening up some doors. And so I pray that my voice continues to heal. Believe it or not, as bad as I sound, 
You should have heard me yesterday or the day before or over this past weekend. I couldn't say a word. And so we're, we're gradually getting stronger. And I really believe God's hand is upon me. And I am thankful beyond words to be used of him. There's a lot of work in ministry to do. How to balance, how to balance doing a radio program like this, bringing you news and information, but also the good news. It's not easy. And so I'm constantly in need of your prayers. And, and honestly, as we come to the break, I, I think that I've pushed my voice about as far as I can for today. This is my first time since the surgery, only just six days ago. And I'm thankful for how far I've come, and I'm trusting God to take me all the way. If you believe in the projects that we're working on, would you let me know? I really need to hear from you like I've never heard from you before. This is going to be a change in this ministry. I sense it. I feel it. And your prayers to date and your support has meant the world to me. But we're getting ready to enter a new chapter because the world is entering a new chapter. It is getting more evil, more dangerous. When the FBI looks at conservative Christians and and people that go to church as potential terrorists, what does that tell you? Our nation is at a crossroad that can't be simply fixed to the ballot box. It starts by building up the true church again. It's time for revival. It is time for sound Bible teaching. It is time for us to find ways to fellowship. If we can't meet in a church that's safe, then we'll meet online. We'll meet on the radio if that's what it takes. We're coming into unprecedented territory in this nation. Now, I'm not sure how we're going to do the second half of this program. We'll figure that out. I know my voice is getting weak, but if you believe in this mission and the ministry that we have here, would you go to our website, truththenumber2ponder.com, truththenumber2ponder.com. We now have two different ways to support us on that site, one for the radio program, one for the church project. If you want to use a regular check or money order, you can use our regular mailing address. Make any check payable to Ancient Word Radio. And in the memo line, just put the word church. If you do, then I'll know that it's for the church project. If you leave it blank, it's for the radio. Mail that check to Post Office Box 510. Post Office Box 510. The city is Chilhowee, C-H-I-L-H-O-W-I-E, Chilhowee, Virginia. And the zip code in Chilhowee is 24319. That's 24319. Make the check payable to Ancient Word Radio, Post Office Box, 510, Chilhowee, Virginia, zip code 24319. And we will be right back.
This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Beerman. Joined and free at the same time. Coming up, Shalom Alechem. This is Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. I'm sure you've seen magnets, or when you were a kid, we played with magnets. And the thing about a magnet is that if it's not attached, it's going to draw all sorts of metal to it. It's going to get weighed down by all sorts of metal. But if it's attached to something else, then the other things aren't going to touch it or weigh it down. In the same way, our hearts are like magnets. You see, our hearts need, you know, and and so our hearts, our hearts, if they're not joined they become vulnerable. They become attached to anything else. They be, if they're not joined, they become joined to anything, like a magnet. Become joined to to sin, to unclean things, to addictions, to habits, to to indulgences, to uh, idols, to money, to whatever it is. See, the thing is, the key is when your heart is attached to Yeshua Jesus, then we become free of all the rest, and that's the whole thing. Our heart was made. Your heart was made to be attached to him. That's why he said, my yoke is easy. Be yoked to him and you're not going to be burdened down with all the rest of the stuff in the world. You won't be burdened down by problems. You won't, you won't be burdened down by all the stuff. You know, it's not going to touch your heart. You're going to be free. Let your heart be filled with him. Delight yourself in him and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Rejoice in him. Be joined to him. Find your fullness in him. Join your heart to him and you'll be free from every other thing that tempts you in this world. You will be free just like a magnet that is joined. Want more? Ask for Come to Me on CD. Now the free gift for you. What if you discover the place of the Ark of the Covenant? Well, a newly revealed Awesome discovery, just as awesome. The Mystery of the Temple Doors on CD. It's our free gift to you and Sapphires. Daily spiritual vitamins guaranteed to revitalize your walk in the Lord or a free New Testament. How do you get all these free? Easy. Just remember Jesus' really renamed Yeshua and you dial it. That's it. Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. You will be blessed, but call now. 1-800-YESHUA-1. Now the Jewish people brought you the blessings of salvation. I invite you to join with me to bring it back to them. Bless those who blessed you and to reach the unreached peoples from every nation. Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. It's like like sending a billion tracks around the world. 1-800-YESHUA-1. And you will touch the world. Or write me direct. Here's how. Just write to the nice Jewish boy box 1111. That's in Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. It's a nice Jewish boy. It's box 1111. It's Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey. It's 07644. Well, till next time, this is Jonathan Khan saying, Shalom Aleichem. Peace be to you, my friend, in Messiah. Tikvatein. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. Welcome back to the second half of Truth to Ponder. This is Jim Calhoun, and I'm sitting in for Bob in the second half of today's show because he's still recovering, and we need to give him all the time we can to recover and have him back 100%. On this half of the show, I'm going to be talking about things that we have to do to stay connected as we minimize our dealings with the world and a school system and a medical system and governments that have all gone mad. If you doubt that all of these institutions, such as school systems and government and medical, have gone mad, then you must not be paying attention. Have you been watching the videos of the school boards as they sit up on a raised platform 
and they look down their noses at the parents and dictate to the parents and also act like the parents don't have any rights whatsoever. School board after school board. It's just absolutely sickening. And then when you look at the medical system that seems to have forgotten the Hippocratic Oath and also has forgotten such a thing as patients' rights, we have a big problem here and we have to stay connected and we have to also stay as a community as much as we possibly can. But I agree with Bob, we have to minimize our dealings with the world. As the Bible says, we are to live in the world, but we are not to be of the world. And if you've ever been confused about what the Bible meant by that, just look at the world today. There's an old song that says, the world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. And each day, I feel that more and more. The world as I knew it is gone. And if you have any age on you at all, then the world that you knew is gone. And as you look around and see what's happening to not only society in general, but the institutions that are supposedly trying to protect and enhance communities, they're just haywire right now. And how do we create retreat locations? And how do we take our local school boards and local governments back? How do we do that? And should those that God enable, should they consider leaving those lost blue cities? That's what I'm going to be talking about on this part of Truth to Ponder. And I'm going to give you some of my thoughts concerning these very issues. And talking about me personally, I know that I have a very unique situation. And so what works for me possibly will not work for you. But I can at least give you some ideas of what I'm doing and also maybe some ideas that I think that you should do. And I think I'm going to go to that last thing I talked about, about leaving the lost blue cities. I've just got two words for you. Get out. If at all possible, get out. The blue cities are indeed lost. And there are people that God will call to stay there. But I really do believe that if you have the means to get out of the cities, you need to get out and get out now. Because not only are they targets in a likely war that is going to be raining down on us at any time, they've also become just nothing but cesspools of just debris. I'm not saying human debris, I'm just saying debris. Everywhere you look, there's just rot and decay. And you can tell that in large sections of these blue cities that nobody cares. The police no longer investigate crimes because they're scared to go into different neighborhoods. Drug dealers are actively selling their products on the street. Prostitution is rampant. And it's no place to raise children. If you've ever watched any videos of what goes on inside the classrooms of the inner city schools, it's absolutely sickening. And so, by all means, get out of the blue cities. I would get out of the red cities, too. I would get out of the cities. That's just my opinion. Now, where can you go? Well, there are places that you can go. There are communities that are begging people to move into their communities. I know there's places in Nebraska, in Kansas, and in western Oklahoma that as you drive through the town, there's billboards in the town that say that they'll give you free land if you'll just move there. 
And yes, there are opportunities out there. You just have to seek them out. Now, I know personally there are some little towns in what you would consider flyover country in the middle of the United States where you can buy a home for under $10,000. Yes, you heard me right. You can buy a home for under $10,000. Now, it won't be the Taj Mahal, but it won't be a dump either. The middle part of the United States is getting very old. And as the older people die off, the kids are not there to buy the houses. There are several towns, and one of them I'm going to mention is Englewood, Kansas, that used to have right around 3,000 people. And back in the 1960s, they voted to close their high school. I don't know why they did, but that was what the town thought they needed to do. And within five years of closing their high school, nobody was living there. And so you have one house occupied and three houses empty. So they lost two-thirds of their population within five years. Now that town's probably not worth considering because that was back in the 1960s and a lot of those houses are in horrible disrepair. But I think you can understand what I'm trying to say is there are opportunities. You just have to be willing to look for them. And also these smaller communities, a lot of them are still very good Christian communities. They're older communities. You don't have the shopping and you don't have all the trappings of a city. But what you do have is peace and harmony and a place for you to spread your own wings and grow. And so I would highly recommend that all the listeners to Truth to Ponder who are stuck in a big city, there are ways out. You don't have to go out and buy a million dollar home somewhere. You don't have to move out to the suburbs. That's not far enough. You're going to have to get way out farther than the suburbs. You're going to have to get to the rural areas of this country. And that's my opinion, and I think that I'm right. And if you want to consider my words, all you have to do is search out websites in certain areas of this country, and you can start finding information on houses. Now, me personally, I looked at a house about 15 years ago. They wanted 21000 for it, and I offered them 5000 And guess what? They took it. And so I bought a house for 5000 I fixed it up and remarketed it in a few years, and I got 20000 out of it. And I lived in the house as I was fixing it up. And so I really got my money's worth out of that $5,000. And that is possible. There are those deals out there. You just have to devote your time to finding those deals. Now, also in these smaller towns, you'll have school board members that you'll actually see at the grocery store. And you'll see them pumping gas, and you'll see them in the towns. There is not a social structure of elitists that get onto school boards. In the smaller towns, your school boards are going to be older retired teachers. They're going to be firemen. They're going to be farmers. They're going to be the local business owners. They're going to be the normal people in the town. And believe me, a lot of these smaller towns are doing everything in their power to keep this woke society, this cancer rot that's rotting our country, they're keeping them out of their schools. And just like at the first of the 20th century, when the industrialization was really kicking in hard and all of the new inventions of airplanes and automobiles were causing people to migrate to the cities because of all the possibility of an income, just the opposite is happening now. People abandoned the rural areas and they went to the big cities. Well, now it's just the other way around. You need to leave the cities and go to a place where you can have some chickens and move to a place where your children can play without 
any fear of being abducted. In my area, very few people lock their cars up. I can't even tell you the last time I locked the door in my house, and I never locked my car. You might say, wow, that's risky. It is in certain areas, but not where I live. And so there are places out there. I'm not trying to say it's like Mayberry on the old Andy Griffith show, but there are areas out there where people do actually know each other. Like when I go out and buy groceries, I buy groceries from the owner of the store. And the owner of the store always waits on me. And if I need some special meat cut, he cuts the meat for me. It's just old-fashioned service. And it's a beautiful store. The town is like 500 people. And there's housing available there. People are sane and rational. So I really do believe that you should consider getting out of the cities. And don't have an excuse that you don't know where to go. Because there are lots of places that would love to have a sane and rational person that's fleeing from the cities, they would be welcomed with open arms. I would highly recommend you check that out. Now I'm going to get onto the schools. Two words, homeschool. When you homeschool your kid, you don't have to worry about school boards. You don't have to worry about these tyrants. You don't have to worry about a curriculum that you don't agree with. You don't have to be worried about drugs being sold in the hallways. You don't have to worry about the violence and the crime that's happening in our schools. And if you think you don't have time to homeschool, I'm going to have to tell you that you're wrong. Everyone has the time to homeschool. It's called get your priorities straight. You might work all day. Well, then have your school in the evening. You might work a night job. Well, then have your school in the afternoon before you go to work. There are times to have school, and you don't have to homeschool for eight hours a day. You just let the children work at their own pace and make sure they get their work done. Most homeschoolers can get more done in two hours than what you can get done in eight hours at a public school. And so if you would devote four hours a day to your homeschool, you'd actually be giving more tutorship to your child than your child could possibly get in a public school. And for some reason, if you're still stuck in a public school system, you're going to have to watch things like a hawk. And you're going to have to be willing to be the school's worst nightmare if they try to teach your little boy that your boy is a girl or your little girl is a really a boy. And you have these people that call themselves educators that are trying to shield the child from the parent. And so they're telling the children not to tell their parents. That's absolutely evil. I think that these school boards are out of control. And if nothing else, run for school board. Or get a large group of people, as many as you can possibly find, and go to the school board and make it standing room only. And make sure that the school board knows that you're watching them. And everything they do to hurt children is going to come back to them. Now, I'm not saying to threaten them, but let them know full well that there's many eyes on them. But, you know, these people don't care. These school board members are not there for the children. And as soon as you figure that out, that they're not there for the children, then you're on the right track. Because these people are not there for the children. They're there for their own political agenda. And they're using your child as a pawn. And again, homeschool your children. Get them out of that mess. Now, the medical system is another thing all in itself. There are so many people that need meds to stay alive. 
And I'm just going to tell you about me and what I'm going through. And, and I'll let you get what you can from what I tell you. I should be having medical physicals every year. And also, I'm due for several procedures. And I got a registered letter from my doctor three days ago. And I thought that was really strange that I get a registered letter. And I'm thinking, gosh, I must owe him some money that I didn't know of or something. Because you never get a registered letter hardly for anything. Well, it was my doctor saying, we've tried to get a hold of you to schedule your procedure. And your health means a lot to us. So get back to us and schedule your procedure. And I thought, wow, that's really strange that a doctor's office would send me a registered letter to tell me to get in and schedule a procedure. So either one of two things are happening. Either they're about ready to cut me off their patient list and they're letting me know officially that they're trying to quote unquote do their job and I'm not holding up my end of their bargain that I have to go in and let them do what they want to do with me. Or number two, there's so many people that are not trusting the medical profession anymore that they're bailing on them and they're trying to get as many customers as they can. I haven't decided which is which in this case, but I do know this. A medical system that is covering up all of these mass side effects of the COVID so-called vaccine, they're covering up the deaths. And when people get cancer out of nowhere, they say, oh, we don't know why. We're dumbfounded. And when you have athletes falling dead on the field, they say, gosh, we just don't know what's going on here. As long as you have doctors that are willing to inject that poison into someone's body, I cannot in good conscience go in and be a customer of theirs. I just can't go in and be a patient. I know I'm gambling with my health. I really do realize it. And there are several meds I'm out of, and I have to go to my appointments to get a refill of some prescriptions. And I'm going to be honest with you, I'm doing without right now. I'm trying some natural, holistic things. And is it working? Well, so far it is, but I wouldn't recommend that. If you, if you have to go to a doctor to get meds, then I recommend you do that. But I'm telling you that I just can't, in good conscience, go in and support a system that is killing my fellow Americans. I just can't do it. And so I do have a dilemma what to do with the medical system. I've decided that God is the great physician. God is my healer. He's my rock. He's my strength. And so I'm going to rely on my faith in God. And also, I am going to do everything I can with holistic medicine. And I'm going to take care of myself the best I can. Now, is that going to work? Well, time will tell. And you might be wondering if I've responded to this registered letter. Not yet, because I really don't know what to tell them. What I'm thinking about telling them is that I just don't trust them. They want to do blood work and they want to do lots of things. And right now, what they're doing with the blood supply and tainting the blood supply with people that have had their blood corrupted, I don't want to go to a phlebotomist and somehow get some tainted blood somehow. You might say that I'm paranoid, but I've worked too hard in my life to try to stay healthy to go in and let some medical profession that, in my opinion, has gone completely mad, I'm not going to turn my health over to them. I'm going to take control of my own health. Now, I'm not telling you to do that. 
But I do think there has to be some good Christian faith-based doctors out there that will still operate in good faith. And as long as the medical profession is not operating in good faith, and they're not operating in good faith when they're denying patients' rights, they're not operating in good faith when they're administering this death jab, they're just not doing it. They may think that I'm the one that's gone mad, but I cannot trust that medical system. And so personally, I'm going to go holistic and I'm going to rely on my faith to get me through. Again, I don't recommend you do that. It's just something that I'm going to do. But if I do come up with some great alternatives, I will definitely let this audience know. I'm going to move on to the retreat locations. Well, I kind of touched on that. There are so many small towns that their population is actually going down. If you have a group of people that you love and you trust inside a larger community and you want to leave as a group, there are places that you can find. You don't have to move onto the side of a mountain or you don't have to find some cave somewhere. You could move a group of believers into a small town and revitalize the small town and have a nice world to raise your children, a nice world where you can help each other. And I'm just going to be blunt about my opinion here. If you would have, I'm going to just use an arbitrary number of 25 people. If you have 25 people that you want to have a buddy system with, it would be real easy to go to the middle part of the United States and find a town that is struggling. As long as the 25 would go to this community and plug into the community and be an asset to the community, all of a sudden, the businesses in that small town would be revitalized. And you would actually start something very good in that small town. And it would snowball into more good down the line. The trouble with small town America, and this is my opinion, is that just like everyone else, they're brainwashed. They have to go to a big city to do their shopping. They have to go to a big box store. And so there are people that live like 60 miles or 100 miles away from a box store, but they'll drive there a couple times a month and spend two or $300, and they'll fill their shopping carts up, and they'll drive back to their little town. While their little town has a struggling grocery store that it's a very good full-service grocery store, but maybe they want a dollar and ten cents for their can of peas where the big box store is selling that same can of peas for 90 cents. And so these people will drive 200 miles round trip to go shop at a big box store while their small stores are struggling. And that's just wrong. That is a horrible mindset that has really gripped this whole country to get everyone addicted to shopping at box stores when they should be shopping at home. But if you had a group of people and found a nice community that had some housing available, if you would go there and support that grocery store, that grocer would be so grateful. He'd be so happy to have these new customers. And so would the local lumber yard and the local hardware store. These people would just be ecstatic. You would be welcomed with open arms because you would be bringing fresh blood and fresh thinking into their town. And I've got to say that as far as public school systems go, the small rural schools are so much better than any of the urban schools. There's no comparison. And if your child wanted to be on the local sports teams, 
again, you'd be more than welcomed at these small towns because they're having trouble finding enough kids to even field the team. But again, I think homeschooling is the way to go. So even if I moved to a small town, I would still homeschool. But I do have to admit that the school systems in the small towns are so much more safe that it would be a definite improvement over a blue city. And the last thing I'm going to touch on is how we take back our local government and school board. And I'm going to be pessimistic here. I don't think we do. I think that this world is under just a stranglehold by the satanic forces right now that I think that the only way we take back any of these is when Jesus comes back and establishes his kingdom here on earth. Now, that doesn't mean that we should totally give up and throw our hands up. Now, I'm talking about the blue cities here. We can take back our local school boards and governments in the smaller towns because it's hard to find people to run for certain offices in smaller communities. And so you could simply run for office. And so I guess to answer that question, how we take back our local school boards and governments depends on where you live. But when I'm talking about the big urban sprawling areas, the big cities, I think the only way we take those back is with intervention from Almighty God. In the blue cities, they have what they consider political machines. And the machines include the local school boards and the local dog catcher and the local law enforcement and the judicial system, the whole works. They kind of control it all. Those are all corrupt to the core. And so I doubt that anybody that would come in and play fair and play by the rules would have a chance. That's another reason to get out of the cities. Now, in closing, I do want to say that I think that America, as we know it, that's my opinion, is gone. I think we can get it back, but I think it's only going to come back in certain areas. In my area, there's lots of little towns that really haven't changed since the 1960s. They haven't had a lot of growth, not a lot of new buildings. Everything's really stable. Everyone knows each other. If they have a coffee shop or a little cafe, everybody knows what you're going to order. Everyone knows your name. They know the name of your children. They know where you live. They know what you drive. And it's not that they're nosy. It's just that there's not that many people there. And so it's really a different type of a world when you go to a smaller community. You do have less opportunities as far as job opportunities and shopping and so forth. But just the peace of mind and quality of life is just massively, massively better. And if you cannot get out of the larger communities, well, first of all, homeschool your children for sure. Try to get a circle of friends and a circle of contacts that are like-minded and do things as a group if you can and help each other out. If you find out that one member of the group has a certain talent and that talent is needed by another member, well, I think you should openly help each other out and share ideas and get together and talk about these problems. Let's say you're stuck in Chicago and you can't get out. Well, if you have a group of 25 people or so, if you have a small group of people that are like-minded, you can get together and brainstorm and shoot some ideas of how you can survive in that community that you already live that you can't get out of. And the old saying says that two heads are better than one. And so how much better is it going to be to have a room full of people that are critical thinkers? 
into and if you put your head around things, you will solve some problems locally. And so you'll be able to maneuver in your area and survive at a higher level than if you were just by yourself. But I think we're fast approaching a time where we are going to have to do what we need to do to take care of ourselves and our families. And we're going to have to get out. We're we're going to have to really be apart from this world. But as far as staying connected during all of this, it's up to you to stay connected. We live in a world where we're superficially connected by social media. And people, they think that's a social life. I'm going to tell you right now, that's no social life. So you're going to have to commit to actually one-on-one talking with people in real life. You're going to have to connect with people. You're going to have to make that a priority. And when you talk about a small group that you can work with, you all need to be like-minded. And so you need to actually put that out there and talk about, we need to stay connected. How can we do that? And everyone's situation is different. But if you consciously make an effort to stay physically connected, then you'll be able to. Everything I talked about is definitely a headspace and a mindset that you are going to have to develop. And then take whatever pieces of information I gave you and do what you think is best in your situation. Well, I really enjoyed helping Bob out in this show today, and I appreciate you listening. I would ask for you to consider donating to Truth to Ponder, and that's pretty easy to do. All you have to do is go to the website which is truth, the number two, ponder.com and click on the support tab and that will lead you through how to electronically donate to this ministry. And if you'd like to donate old school, you can send in a check or money order and you would write the check out to Ancient Word Radio and you would mail to truth to ponder, truth to ponder, P.O. Box 510, P.O. Box 510, Chilhowie, C-H-I-L-H-O-W-I-E, Chilhowie, Virginia, and the zip code is 24319, and your donations are greatly appreciated. Once again, thanks for listening, and until next time. Please, everyone, take care of yourself. Do your research. Find those safe areas. And whether you plan on moving or not, at least be aware of what areas are out there. Stay strong. Stay positive. But most important of all, replace fear with faith. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to Ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.